This week, AT Commands will pwn your phone. Adobe gets creative with an update. Protecting your PIN. Why companies should use the Google Play Store. Zero-day vulnerabilities uh, in Windows are disclosed on Twitter, of all places. And side channel attacks that can be mitigated with tinfoil. I'm telling you, I got this one nailed. Tinfoil will save you. Jason Wood from Paladin Security joins us for expert commentary on maintaining security at the edge or something completely different. You'll just have to stay tuned to this episode of Hack Naked News to find out. This is Security Weekly. For security professionals, by security professionals. Broadcasting live from G-Unit Studios in Rhode Island, it's the show that brings you the security news each week. And despite popular belief, we do wear pants. It's Hack Naked News. The breach was huge news at the time. Linux monitoring tool. List of affected devices, you can check out the link in the show notes. Ars Technica is reporting that hackers have cracked the Nintendo Switch this week. Tracking people's locations and stuff like that. You'll want to be rolling out updates if you're using Lenovo hardware. Do you have a website, an external presence, employees, an office? Any of these things can be compromised and attacked. How are you defending your assets? Have you penetration tested your public assets? Start 2018 by taking a proactive approach to securing your vulnerable areas. Black Hills Information Security has been helping companies find their weaknesses since 2008. Email consulting at blackhillsinfosec.com and see how they can help you sleep better at night. Welcome, everyone, to this episode of Hack Naked News. It's episode number 186, and it is August 28th, 2018. I am still your host, Paul Asadorian, coming at you live from G-Unit Studios in Rhode Island. Make sure that you register for our webcast with Javelin Networks entitled How to Get Attackers to Contain Themselves, which will be airing this Thursday, August 30th from 12 p.m. to 1 p.m., Eastern Time, securityweekly.com forward slash javelin to sign up today. And now, on to the security news. AT Command's Hitch uh, leaves Android phones open to attack. Attackers can use AT Command's to launch several malicious functions on an array of Android devices, including extracting data, rewriting the smartphone firmware, and bypassing Android security measures. All they need, according to researchers who developed a proof-of-concept attack, is the device and it be connected to a USB connection. It would be interesting if you could make a cable that could send AT commands to the phone, as we uh, talked about in a previous episode of Hack Naked News. So be careful where you plug in your phone. Adobe pushes out an unscheduled Creative Cloud application fix. The Creative Cloud desktop application is a centralized place where users can locate and manage all of your Adobe apps. The vulnerability, which is an improper certificate validation, means an attacker could exploit it to gain elevated access to resources normally protected within the application. Adobe said that an important categorized flaw means exploitation would result in compromised data, security, or potential allowing access to confidential data. Of course, you have to assign your own risk score to this one and not go by what Adobe is classifying as risk or or not. Uh, this is also important uh, related to this article. While the vulnerability CVE 2018-12829 was rated important, Adobe acknowledged on Tuesday that it is aware of a publicly available proof of concept code that exists to exploit this flaw. 
Security flaws inadvertently left T-Mobile and AT&T customers' pins exposed. Apple's online store contained the security flaw that inadvertently exposed over 72 million T-Mobile customer uh, account pins. The website for Assurion, uh, the insurance company that AT&T primarily uses, uh, had a separate vulnerability that exposed the passwords of uh, passcodes of Assurion's AT&T customers. Apple and Assurion fixed the vulnerabilities after BuzzFeed News shared the security researchers' findings. This is, of course, in my mind, extremely bad. I have not uh, completely digested all of the researchers' findings. However, PIN codes that protect your cellular uh, accounts, your, your cell phone uh, via your provider, are extremely important as criminals have been known to social engineer your carrier in order to uh, access your account, which could hold two-factor authentication um, codes that are texted to the number. Um, so those are just a couple of examples of uh, attacks that in several more examples exist in our show archives. So I thought the disclosure of these pins was pretty significant. The Fortnite installer vulnerabilities highlight mobile app store risks or lack thereof being in the app store that poses a risk. The discovery of a high profile flaw in the world's most popular games highlights why you should stick to open apps uh, in Google Play. Epic Games Fortnite, of course, is played by millions of players around the world on different platforms, including Android. Fortnite, however, isn't available on the Google Play Store for Android. Rather, Epic Games decided to bypass Google and use a third-party store to deliver its game. Likely, uh, my speculation is to avoid fees uh, from Google, um, although there's a lot of speculation as to why they did this. It's problematic, really, for three reasons. One, if you have to enable the installation of third-party apps on your device, that opens up a security risk if you have to do that. And I'm not sure with Fortnite or any other third-party apps uh, what the requirement is. Uh, I'm not sure if that's the case for Fortnite, but it, it could in other third-party apps in any case. Number two, um, I have to either manually update this new application or game or trust in this case that Epic Games has some kind of automatic update feature that provides the security integrity that the Google Play Store provides and that the automatic update feature actually works and lets me schedule and have it have it be automatic. Uh, number three, the app will not be scanned by Google Play Store's checks for integrity or security, which is kind of an issue. It, speculation is out there and I'm curious too, this flaw in Fortnite, would it have been caught by Google Play Store's automatic checks for code integrity and security, but because they chose to put it outside, uh, that didn't happen. So I think some really interesting discussions about third-party app stores and security that surrounds this recent thing. The other twist in the story is Google actually found the, the vulnerability in Fortnite's code. Alrighty. Proof of concept has been released for a, a new Apache Struts vulnerability. The link uh, in the article uh, goes to the code, uh, the actual proof of concept code, so make sure you check it out. Uh, also, there is another link that I put in the show notes that goes to the original announcement from Semmel um, regarding CVE 2018-11776, uh, which states the Apache Software Foundation announced a critical remote code execution vulnerability in Apache Struts, of course, the popular open source framework for developing applications in Java programming languages. Now, uh, unquote. So what uh, Keith Hilden and I talked about is framework is he thought was a bad word. He thought library was probably more specific. Um, and it, we talked about it in the light of being it included library. So 
Uh, begin quote again. Applications developed using Apache struts are potentially vulnerable. The vulnerability in CVE 2018-11776 Eleven seven seven six. Yes, uh, was identified and reported by Man Yu Mo from the Seminole Security Research Team, which works to find and report vulnerabilities in widely used open source software. Uh, so, if you're trying to, well, if you want more about this particular story, have a listen to the latest episode of Application Security Weekly, where Keith Hooded and I talked about remediations uh, processes that might exist to detect and fix this vulnerability in your environment. A hacker discloses an unpatched Windows zero-day flaw with a proof of concept on Twitter. The security researcher uh, publicly disclosed an unknown zero-day vulnerability in the Microsoft Windows operating system that could help uh, a local user or malicious program obtain system privileges on the targeted machine. Guess what? The zero-day flaw has been confirmed as working on a fully patched 64-bit Windows 10 system. Uh, I'm really confused as to why it was disclosed in this way. What prompted the researcher to do uh, this type of disclosure rather than responsibly disclose it to Microsoft, sell it on the black market, sell it to a company that's more legit and buys these type of exploits, or go through a bug bounty program, whether direct through Microsoft or a bug bounty provider that Microsoft... I, I believe Microsoft programs are direct with Microsoft, but um, you know, b a bug bounty of any kind is also... An alternative. I don't know the answer. I couldn't find it. If you know, please, please write in. Uh, apparently, this Twitter account like came and went, dropped O'Day, and uh, then went away. A side channel attack allows remote listener to hear on-screen images. According to a team of academic researchers from Columbia University, the University of Michigan, the University of Pennsylvania, and Tel Aviv University, inaudible acoustic noises emanating from within computer screens can be used to detect the content displayed on those screens. This includes the text on the screen of a computer or website content the user may have opened on their desktop. It can also be used to monitor users' input into on-screen virtual keyboards. This can all be detected and recorded by the microphones built into laptops and webcams. The subtle acoustic signals also can be recorded by a smartphone or speaker placed on a desk next to the screen or from as far as 10 meters away using a parabolic microphone. So my solution is we can just put tinfoil over our screens and we're all safe and problem solved. With that, we'll take a short break. Come back with the expert commentary from none other than Jason Wood. Today's determined attackers easily bypass even the most advanced network defenses. Trying to ramp up staff to detect their back doors can cost thousands of dollars and take months, even years. With Active Countermeasures AI Hunter, we enable junior analysts to detect even the most advanced back doors in a matter of hours. Sign up for a demo and purchase our product today by visiting activecountermeasures.com forward slash HNN. Active Countermeasures. Make every analyst a hunter. Welcome back, everyone, to Hack Naked News. Um, so, uh, I, you know, I think that uh, the advantage of tinfoil, Jason, is that I don't then have to read all those emails that come into my inbox every day either, uh, which is a nice byproduct of the, the tinfoil. How you doing, Jason? <laughs> I'm good, Paul. How are you? <laughs> Fantastic. Awesome. I gotta go to the store and get some tinfoil so I can wrap all my screens in it. That sounds useful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So today, what are we so talking the, about? So we are talking about security on the edge of of uh, 
software and, and new releases that are coming out. Um, I want to talk a little bit. I don't normally, I've, I don't think I've ever talked about a product on Hack Naked News, but I wanted to, I, I ran across something that was really interesting. Last week, we mentioned Burp Suite 2.0 Pro yep. is coming out, and we talked about some of that in Security Weekly, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I happen to check the blog again, and I noticed that they're, they're releasing a new version called Burp Enterprise, which caught my attention because <clears throat> what the heck is that? Um, and it looks like Burp is releasing an enterprise version or Portsburg rather is releasing an enterprise version of, of Burp where we're going to have a, a server with a REST API and a web interface. And turns out that it has the ability to deploy agents throughout your environment to perform automated scanning, um, which sounds pretty cool. I've worked, so I were done penetration testing for a number of years working on distributed teams. And one of the things we always had to deal with was the idea of, you know, well, I know what I'm doing, but I have no idea necessarily what my counterpart is doing, except for, you know, through us talking about it, uh, sharing information is a little bit of a pain, you know, as you're, you're, you're sending information, uh, screen caps or, or maybe uh, session data back and forth to each other to see what the other one's doing. Um, is that what it's for, Jason? Is it for pen testers? You see, that's like one of the questions I have about it. They still don't have very informa- very much information up about because the it. the agent um, the agent conversation is interesting. Uh, we actually I talked about this a little bit on Application Security Weekly, but um, so Acunetics used to have an agent um, because no one's paying us for this segment, so we're going to mention everyone in the space. Uh, that's so- <laughs> right. This is this totally unpaid. This is just interesting on our part. Uh, Acunetics uh, a couple of years ago had an agent that I tested out. Specifically, I tested the PHP one. So basically, when you're about to do a dynamic scan, rather than have your scanner work really hard to crawl the website and then work really hard to figure out what all the parameters are, and work really hard to scan it and understand what was successful and what wasn't, which are all some of the major challenges when you develop a dynamic web application scanning uh, solution. You put an agent or some kind of hook into the application, I think, or library. Like it depends on, there's all different methods for basically, I'm placing a piece of software on the target that I'm scanning, right? And then I communicate with that software, which is giving my scanning software telemetry, uh, and intelligence about the application so that when my tests run, I'm doing that with the telemetry intelligence that's being fed to me by some piece of software. And again, some people call it a, a lot, like in RASP, it's a library you got to compile into your web apps in most cases. Um, in container space, like you can hook the container with just a small library or Linux program agent. So I think the, the days of heavy agent when we talk about an application are gone. In Acunetics case, it was a small little PHP script that I, I included in my application. Uh, Rapid7 is working on, they are a sponsor. Uh, Dan Kirkendall from Rapid7, who was uh, NT Objective's uh, spider. I forget, what, what does Rapid7 call their product? They're, Dan's going to be mad at me. Uh, they- they, they uh, rebranded yeah. it, essentially. It's an awesome web application scanner. I'm not just saying that because they're a sponsor. I actually tested it before Rapid7 uh, made the acquisition and, and really liked it. Uh, the engineering that Dan now leads at Rapid7 is great. And he is very much uh, actively researching how can I utilize the Rapid7 agent, which is a multi-function agent. It provides uh, inventory tracking, logging, vulnerability data. And he's working on carving out a space in that agent to say, give me some telemetry and, and information about the web application that's running and integrating that into the scanner, which is awesome. I love that. Now it sounds like Burp Suite is almost following suit. 
again, this is technology, Jason, I have not seen really heavily used in practice. It's something I've always wanted in a big way. Yeah. And so in this case, from what I'm reading about their agents, it sounds like this is more like what we would expect inside of Burp Pro where we, you know, we tell it to go do an active scan Mm -hmm. of this app. It's not deploying into the software uh, like you're referring to with, uh, with, it was Akinetics, you said. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's, it's almost like it's just farming out that work and distributing it throughout the network. So what I'm picturing from what they're describing is, is we want to do web app testing throughout our environment. Let's deploy these agents out in here. They all point back to the central console. That's where the testers or the engineering team or whoever it is that's using this thing um, interacts with it. And, um, yeah, and then I the mean, agent goes out and actually does the work of doing the scanning. You don't have to have sure. Know, I mean, that, one central box with access to everything in the network. And that lets you scan internal web applications from the outside more easily, which is probably the problem that that particular feature set's trying to solve. That was a feature that kind of lagged behind on a lot of the cloud-based scanning applications, uh, such as Detectify or Tinfoil. Tinfoil, I believe, had a solution for that. They're a lot more developer-focused uh, dynamic web app scanner. Um, and you could like deploy that proxy into your network so that all your testers um, would log into the cloud or if it was in your continuous integration and development platform, conceivably an API reaches out to the cloud that says scan my web app. It talks to a, an agent or some process internally. It scans the web app uh, and then returns it back up to the cloud. I don't know if NetSparker... I'll re- research that one and get and get back to you. I don't yeah, know. I was thinking about NetSparker. Does NetSparker? I I remember having the conversation with Farah. I don't remember uh, if the solution was implemented in that way. However, Farah is very uh, heavy on getting in that continuous integration and development process, um, which is one of the reasons why I like NetSparker, who is a sponsor. I should disclose that. Um, and one of the reasons I, I I liked their solution. I tested it. I thought it worked really well. I mean, I tested the crap out of it and then sign them as a sponsor because I'm like, your product is awesome. Um, and But uh, NetSparker will actually do that incremental scan, uh, which is why they want to integrate with uh, the okay. DevOps-style environment. So like they'll do the full deep scan first and discover everything. And then they'll uh, the next scan, they will just do a, a quick scan and see if anything has changed, if there's anything new, and they'll only test what's new right, or what's changed. And, yeah, and that's awesome. I think. Yeah, that was that sounds pretty cool to me because one of the thoughts I had as I was reading this release or some of the blog posts by Portswigger, they're talking about also having hooks into continuing a, a CI/CD yeah. uh, processes. And one of the thoughts I had there was, well, how are they doing this? I mean, because you right. can't launch a full scan every time; you'll slow yep. things down too much. It'll never get used. Yeah, if they don't have a, a differential scan like that, it's pretty much useless to use in your in your DevOps environment because the scans won't complete fast enough. Exactly, and so that was that was kind of that caught my attention. Unfortunately, we don't have any information about that at all yet, except that they're they're working. You know that that feature set is going to be part of it. One of the thoughts I had about this, though, is I'm looking at it and I could see people getting really excited and wanting to deploy something like this, um, you know, because we you know, have no idea what the price point is going to be on it or anything like that at this point. But let's say that it's, it's less expensive maybe than some of the other products are out there. People start jumping on it. It still needs to go through the full review process. I mean, we all like Portswigger um, and, and Burp Suite, but, you know, we're talking about deploying server applications out into our environment with 
web interfaces and REST APIs and communication between agents back and forth and uh, storing data that's, you know, we're talking about how we hack websites and stuff like that and what we're doing here and vulnerability information. Um, so, you know, if you start looking at this, you know, if anybody who starts looking at this and testing it, you know, you, you still want to run it through the full, full process of, of reviewing their security controls, their architecture, how they do things, how they handle encryption, authentication between the agents and the, um, the, the main server, you know, uh, what else? Uh, storage of data at rest, uh, what privileges it can need to run, all of that stuff. You know, those are all questions that, that are gonna need, you need to review and check um, just because we've got a lot of good experience with a client-based tool doesn't mean that we, we run out there and deploy something like this uh, on the fly. So uh, I'm really curious to see what they've got going on. I, you know, I'm, I'd like to, something I'd like to take a look at myself and, and see uh, how they do things. Uh, how it works. Um, but, you know, at the same time, I also, you know, I'm curious what they wrote it in. I mean, we're sitting there just talking earlier about Apache struts and it's like, well, man, I hope this thing isn't built on anything related to that. Well, cause burp, uh, is written in Java. Absolutely. Whole thing's just, I mean, we're launching a jar, right. And so I could see them using Java because that's their, that's, yeah. they have all their expertise and their code. Sure. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, think of it. There's, there's a lot of questions about that. Sure, I, it's probably something like a glorified proxy server of some kind. I mean, it has to proxy the traffic at the end of the day. Um, yeah, exactly. It sounds like they just made it easier to, to deploy proxies uh, for testers. I think the more exciting use case when we talk about agents and dynamic scanning is, uh, you know, actually having some insights into the application, which I think some vendors have tried, especially in the RASP, and they they call it I asked or interactive application security testing uh largely i think that's a buzzword i i haven't seen and, and by all means if you know technology that you're using that this really works on let us know but yeah cool yeah so uh interesting news coming out of burp suite or port swigger i uh, just wanted to highlight it here and some things to, to address if you're looking at it and you know, paul thanks for all the information you provided about the other you know how this is is, is handled and stuff like that you had a lot of information i didn't have so um it's because i cheated because you cheated <laughs> all right well that's what we do in this industry right that's right also so, thanks so much jason and thank you everyone for listening and watching this edition of hack naked news see you next time